you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. The Around the NFL podcast won a Stitcher Award, I think. Where the hell is that? Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. I know where the Stitcher Award is. Where? A previous producer stole it and put it on her fireplace mantle. Yes. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. Dan Dan unveiled the story, a great one, on the old uh, Rich Eisen show yeah. last week. A week ago Friday, I, I did break that news on the audience network. <laughs> I was so like, it's I, out there. I was like, if that producer is watching right now, um, you know, he or she might be getting a little hot under the collar. A little bit. <laughs> She's fat. <laughs> They're found Ch- out. Chances are she wasn't. You know who else is getting a little <laughs> hot under the collar? Other uh, car companies that aren't <laughs> Hyundai uh, because uh, the Around the NFL podcast is driven by the aforementioned Hyundai. That's right. People might be watching us on a stream. And if you're not, if you're listening to the audio version, you can catch us Go check Thursdays, out. 9 p.m. Eastern. 6 Pacific. Where? What is it in England? What is that? Eight hour difference? About seven hour difference from New York City. So yeah. you guys figure hours. it out. I think I'd be five in the morning in London. Uh, Perhaps five hours. I could be way off. Also hot under the collar, Wes. Other people on our softball team, the Shield, the defending Los Angeles County C plus uh, champions. <laughs> other people. Play ball. Other people in the outfield because uh, Greg Rosenthal <laughs> is preparing for his second practice with the team uh, today, Thursday. He even brought shorts. Really? Yeah, we get to see his legs. And uh, he's he's taking things very seriously uh, and turned some heads in the first practice, Wes, didn't he? Took him about 20 minutes to earn a nickname, Pepper Spray. Pepper Spray. Spraying the ball all over the field. Yeah, that's one thing we'll never hear with Greg at the plate. Strike three, you're (laughs) up. Greg was spraying the ball. It just came. It's just like, oh, Pepper Spray. Pepper. Former former tennis player, high school tennis player, is that correct? That that would be correct. I mean, you you've told me as a as a manager, Dan, it's good to 
you know, under promise, over deliver. Yes. So I don't want to, you know, like your Yankees this right. year. I don't want to, you know, too much, too much pressure. I'm just trying to be a role player. Right. Like the baby I'm, bombers I, are getting a little to a too player. much heat. But I expect a batting title from you. <laughs> you win championships be tough. by having a, a core group of people who care about each other and put the team first. And Greg, what I like about him the most is his attitude. Mm. All along, he said, look, I'm just trying to fit in, play my role. Look, I know that fly balls, you don't want men who hit fly balls in softball, especially in co-ed. You want ground balls and line drives, mm. and pepper spray is all about ground balls yeah, and line I'm drives. I'm not hitting home runs. Mark, how about some of Greg's social faux pas that he's known for? Do you <laughs> think that could ridiculous. lead to some issues it's, on the team? It sounds like it's not, according to Wes's scouting report about having a good attitude. What are, they, what are these social faux pas? This is the first <laughs> yeah. I'm hearing of them. Yeah. Although my wife did tell me once, she's like, no one ever knows that you're joking. So I guess right. that's a social. But that's not an issue. You're not typically telling jokes while you're up at the plate. You know, that's, you just got to hit the ball. That's, that's all you got to do. There's a lot of joke telling in softball. A lot of bits. Well, hold off on that maybe. Yeah, <laughs> just you nose to the grindstone and just hit okay. those line drives, pepper spray. <laughs> Welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. Later in the show, because, you know, the we're very excited uh, – you know, with the Hyundai situation. But uh, we need to square things away with our previous sponsor, Mr. Flame, uh, and his economics class in The Hague, the Netherlands. So we will get Mr. F on the phone at the uh, conclusion of today's show just to see if everything's okay. I mean, he could be a powder keg. He can get on the line and uh, Mother F us all through the night and hang up. That he, could happen. He would have absolute reason to, to respond that way. And he's notably anti-car. Likes bikes, doesn't like cars, so Ooh. it must hurt him a little extra that he's getting replaced. He's in the Hague, cars. the Netherlands. We we are still convinced that he may be committed some sort of minor to major crime in the United States and is essentially ah. on the run. Wow. We've Maybe never there is a temper out. there. We don't know. We've never ruled that out. Like Rick in Casablanca? Like a lot of villains and criminals that disappear from the States. And there's one thing to remember, uh, everybody. Everyone drink, by the way, if you're if you're playing uh, Wes Makes a Casablanca <laughs> reference. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> That's definitely the hat trick for 2016, I think, or 17. Uh, one thing for everyone to keep in mind, and this this is a sports podcast, but occasionally it touches on real-life things, like we were talking about earlier, home team, about how to treat your friends and family. Uh, here's another thing. We all wear masks. So Mr. F seems like the nicest guy in the world. We don't know how he's going to react to this. We might see the true Mr. F hmm. today. It's a good point. So you mean like a metaphorical mask, not one like made out of other people's skin or anything? Well, yeah, that could happen too, but this one's mostly a metaphorical okay. mask. Okay. Uh, today's show, we will uh, – everybody's getting sick of the offseason already. God. What, 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 what offseason? Well, the, yeah, it's, it's by literal title only it's the offseason, but, you know, when does football start? We're not even well, close. We are barely into it. Yeah, but what we're going to do, there are plenty of storylines out there about <laughs> – uh, narrative. Wes, you don't like the word narrative, but I did some homework on on the word narrative. Okay, good, good. We'll get to that. But just storylines that are percolating around the league. The way, because what happens is, and we've been through this rigmarole so many times now, having done this show for four years, and Mark and I have been here since we were in our teens. I feel like uh, that by the time you get to the end of August, everybody knows everything and exactly how the season's going to turn out, and and then everybody's proven to be an idiot most of the time. These storylines are starting to, like, coagulate now. Calcify. Calcify. So we'll see. If we'll buy, we'll sell, or we'll hold on some of these popular narrative slash storylines out there. Uh, and we will also 
uh, do a little housekeeping. I'll leave it at that, a little internal housekeeping. Uh, but before we do that, we'll say hi to Sid behind the glass. Sid, do you have the camera that shows you behind the glass? Uh, I think we do. Oh, oh there wow, there look at that. There Here, look. Can you look at the camera? Hi, Sid. Sure. Give all the fans. There hey she guys. is. Oh, that's real. Hi, guys. There she is. <laughs> oh, we just, queen. like, tripled our, our streaming audience from, like, <laughs> three to nine right there. This is going to be great. Uh, we, we're all under an oath with ourselves that – because. People sometimes, oh, we're doing a video podcast, and then it's a horrible show. It's like, oh, we're, hey, check this out, guys, on the screen. And then it's like everyone listening is like, you guys have lost it. We have made a, a, a promise to each other in the audience that this will not be that type of video show. But we could also tease. If you yeah. want to see behind the glass and see uh, new money at work, we got the camera. Show it again. Look at that. Oh, new Look money. Look at her working. Here, hit a drop. Any drop. Show people how you hit drops. Top seven. Yeah. Just like that. That's how the magic is made. I have a little news about new money. Oh, yeah? Oh. Came into the studio. <laughs> well. New money's on it. You see new money if you want me to tell them about this. I came into the studio yesterday a little bit early, and there were a crowd of people listening to a recording back there. And I don't – This you must have sang this professionally at some point, belting out a legit – I guess it was a Disney song from – beginning to end and it was amazing and to the point where it Whoa. sounded like a professional production she is a legit singer for real it's not just the little bits that she does for our what show song? Uh, that's not exactly how i remember this story i was in a the podcast studio and i sing a song for the dave damashek program uh to introduce matt Harmon. <laughs> And the producer mm. of said show played it and mortified me in front of strangers mm. that I had never met before. Yeah, well, not, so there were a Disney song? It, it sounded yeah. like a Disney song, but... Oh, yes, it was uh, It was Matt Harmon's introduction song that we sang. Oh, it was written... Oh, okay. That it was story written by has, me and Emma VP. True story. The story has very little in common with Mark's version of that story. <laughs> what, I came this, in this, happened, this I, happened sometimes. What, I came in here, there were a crowd of people surrounding Sydney, <laughs> listening there, there to a, a song Disney. that Sydney sang. That checks yeah. out entirely. There this was is a Disney what, reference made. It's harder what? to be, Mark, it's harder to be an ATN media insider than you thought, isn't it? <laughs> Got to get the story right. Well, you, when, you begin, when you begin to be one, tell me how that goes. Wow. <laughs> I go with triple source. I triple source. That's what no, I do. you don't. <laughs> I always do. And that's when I go with a story. That's All right. unsolicited advice. I'm probably done speaking to you <laughs> for the next week or two. Uh, all right. Let's do some news, Sid. Don't you open your mouth about the best. A <laughs> little bit of Sherman there. Yeah. All right. Let's do some news. We'll start with Richard Sherman. And the news all around, you know, we had our Romo podcast on Wednesday, so we kind of we wanted to push this aside and give it the time it deserved because Richard Sherman, of course, uh, is in the news because the Seahawks are open about their potential desire to move the all-pro corner. And uh, this was something that had been floating out there uh, for weeks. Wes, you even when we did our You're the GM, you brought it up as an option, uh, possibly. And then it goes next level because Seahawks general manager John Schneider goes on K-I-R-O-A-M on Seattle on Wednesday and, and confirmed everything you're hearing is legit. You know, I think we're a very unique organization in that regard. We have a great relationship with, uh, with a lot of our players. There's very much an openness. Uh, what you've seen um, lately in the news is real. Um, that's on both sides. It's just open communication. And then he made it clear that Sherman was not in the dark on this with the organization. He knows what's going on. We know what's going on. I don't know if anything would ever happen. 
But like I tell people all the time, we're ninety-eight uh, percent of the deals that we're involved with, we don't we don't follow through with. But at least we've opened that door, gone down the gone down the road, and and, and seen what's 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 behind you know door A or door B. You know, Greg, your thoughts? Well. He can say that they're an open organization. The reality is talking about this so publicly with a guy who's been a cornerstone of your franchise is not normal. It's not something they've done before. And they are considering him trading him, I believe, you know, for a few reasons. Number one, he didn't play as well last year as he's played in the past. Still a very good cornerback. Haven't maybe, heard a lot of people saying that, but maybe that's a not a maybe not a first team all pro, but not at you know, as like he was a few years back, not a bad cornerback. Uh, two, I think they're going to have to turn over this roster at some point. It's got a great core that's been together for so long, but maybe they're thinking, okay, how do we start getting younger? But mo- most importantly, he's been a pain. And I think his relationship with Pete Carroll has been well-documented, been up and down. Pete Carroll said it, you know, he said at the owners meeting that, that it was a tough year for Sherman and he never really got over it. He never got past it. So I think, I think they're sending, they're either sending him a message which I think will be good for them, or they really will trade them if a team steps up. I think they have a chance to. I mean, there, there are going to be teams that say, we're willing to take on the external headache and whatever after you have to deal with. Whenever there are players that are potential problem cases, e- the only way we hear about it is if it's it, totally immense or at some point someone gets arrested and we find out something official. A lot of players on rosters inside the building create all sorts of drama that we'll never hear about. And you have to wonder, just like in your own life, if you hit a boiling point with someone, a relationship, no matter how good it was, no matter how much you had from it, you cut ties. And maybe the Seahawks had got to that point that, yes, it's not just his playing ability, it's declined some, but the whole Richard Sherman experience, we're willing to shop that to someone else at this point. It's uh, so unusual for a general manager to be this honest that people have kind of glossed over how I guess unbelievable it is that a Super Bowl contender is willing to play to trade mm. one of its best players while in a Super Bowl window. And he has come out. He told Albert Breer of the MMQB, very little chance it happens. I don't know if there's a little chance of it happens. It, well, the, the it's my- unheard of. It, I mean, to, for we've been talking. This has been something that's popped up in the offseason, Wes, where you talked about how much uh, responsibility a front office or a coach has to be honest with the media. And it was striking to me that he would come out because this is not just any other player. This is a Super Bowl champion. This is an all pro. This is the heart and soul of that uh, of that team, really. He's like the face of the team, If you're besides Russell Wilson, maybe. It's not entirely unheard of, though, because we constantly praise the Patriots for – Getting rid of players before they decline. Richard yep. Seymour was traded at a time when he was still a very valuable player, and that turned heads. They traded Jamie Collins last year. The Patriots are now roundly praised when they do that. And the Seahawks, they may be doing something similar. Who, what's, who's going to scout Richard Sherman better than the Seahawks? They know where he's at and in his career as a person and a player. It, it's a great point, and you think, why do the Patriots trade those players? Usually it's just money. Sometimes it's a little bit they're getting bigger than the team. And Richard Sherman, I think, encompasses that, that he did some things in terms of talking about play calling and yelling on the sideline where he's becoming a little bigger than the team. The media thing where he threatened to have a guy fired or run out of the business. Right. That's, that's, not, that's not a good look for an organization. No. Yeah, so when his older brother says, hey, the Seahawks just don't want 
the, the Seahawks just want to control him? Of course they do. Of course they don't want a cornerback telling a writer that he's going to take his job. But I, I thought his brother, Branton, who, uh, according to Ian Rappaport, our uh, NFL Network insider, his report on this is very close and, and helps really run you know Sherman's life and career that he thought it was positive to give Richard Sherman a little bit of a chip on his shoulder that maybe he was implying that Richard Sherman could use right about now. And he was saying maybe this is good for the team to con- – he essentially was saying this is maybe a good idea for the team to try to I buy that. rein him in a little bit. Richard Sherman's that kind of player that would play better with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, moving on, gentlemen. Adrian Peterson still doesn't have a job. What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because the, he went. He That's went, our new segment. What's up with that? <laughs> uh, he visited, of course, with the Patriots earlier this week. No offer came out of that meeting. Seahawks, the same thing, and they they signed Eddie Lacy instead. Now he plans to meet with the New Orleans New Orleans Saints next week, according to NFL Network's Heath Evans. Speaking of insiders, uh, via source informed of the team's plans, uh, this is his third visit in free agency. Wes, is this a fit? AP Enola. Well, you'll hear a rap sheet tell you that's a fit. You'll hear Charlie Castle and other people say it's a fit. I don't see it. They already have Mark Ingram as a power back, and Mark Ingram is acceptable in the passing game. He's not an asset in the passing game like a Darren Sproles or a Reggie Bush out there running routes. Gotten better, though. They, it, sure, but he's still a running back. Nobody would confuse him with right. a guy who can play the slot or line up out wide. Adrian Peterson is not a good fit for the Saints. He's a net minus in the passing game, not a good pass protector. Uh, nobody would nobody would watch Adrian Peterson catch a pass, take a minute to round his body into shape, and then start running and say, we need that in New Orleans. I, to me, I, I don't see it as a fit. Was it Larry Holder that came on up to the minute a few minutes ago that basically said, well, look at the Saints have an opening for a number two back. I don't think that's a fit either. You already have someone that can give you a lot of what Adrian Peterson has. And I think it's it, Mike Garofolo made a good point later on in that show that, A, his market value isn't what he thought it would be. And, B, his other idea was I'll just latch on to a Super Bowl team if, I, if it's, it's not the money first and we'll just ride in and get a ring and then we'll be a perfect final chapter of the Adrian Peterson saga, well, you don't necessarily get a Super Bowl team that wants you. Is he better off now? And we, This happens with quarterbacks. We've heard Jay Cutler that's been floating around. If he's, not, if he's now choosing to play with a perennial 7-9 and nine Saints team, potentially in a best-case scenario as maybe their number two guy, why wouldn't he just stay in shape and, and realize he's not going to get paid and, and it's not a happy thing, but someone – will get hurt in backfields. Many people will get hurt in backfields and sign with a contender in September or October. Is that such a crazy thought for this guy? Because the market right now is frankly, like I would think a little bit embarrassing to him. This is a legendary player. I don't think it's a crazy thought. And from everything we've heard, he's in no rush to sign. He wants to make sure the fit is perfect and meets all of his criteria. That hasn't happened yet. And the report from Sirius XM last week was that he has not yet turned down an offer. He also does not so participate not in offer. camp or most of most of the, or any of the preseason. So it's not someone that you need in your building to mesh with from April on or something. He could, he could be he's motivated as a football player. There's no question there. But yeah, I think that makes sense to wait until you get the offer you want. Well, at this point, it sounds like he'll be waiting until after the draft, which means a lot of running backs slots are going to get filled. Maybe this New Orleans situation is kind of like people thought in New England, doing a bit of a solid for uh, his agent and doing some due diligence. It does seem like something the Saints would do, though. 
even though it doesn't make sense on paper, I could just see Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis just kind of deciding we want Adrian Peterson. Like, like this sounds great. This, there's a there's a ten percent chance he could just be like the the best running back in the league or one of them, and let's just add him. See what happens. To distract them from all the other issues on that team. That fan base can talk about Adrian Peterson on a Saints team that has myriad issues. A ton of junk going on. Please. Uh, moving on. So Tony Romo goes from uh, the gridiron. That's what they call a football field. Now, do we know why? Wes will tell us as a historian of the game. It's a grid. It's what, laid out. about the iron? I don't know about that, but it is a grid. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'll it's give you laid out. I'll give you half credit on the answer. Well, Etymology that. podcast with Wes as the host. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Tony Romo leaves the gridiron for the broadcast booth. And a lot of people thought I was one of them thought that this was the path that Peyton Manning was going to take because he always I could always picture. I thought about this many, many times. Me as a 57 year old dad with my son back from college and we're watching the old Thanksgiving game and there's old Peyton Manning with a big old forehead uh, breaking down, chopping up the game. You thought about thought it? about it all the time. All the time. This stuff went through my head all the time. Me, <laughs> my boy, and Peyton Manning's forehead at 70 years old. Jack and Harrison, I mean, they'd be up there at that point. Yeah, I mean, listen, in this scenario, they're, they're young Coming men. Coming up from college or something. They're young. They're pre-med. They're interviewing you on their podcast. <laughs> uh, what's happening? Anyway, so, but that didn't work out because Peyton Manning, apparently, he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to go in the booth and be uh, an excellent color commentator. He wants to take the John Elway path. Interesting. Uh, John Orand. Why not? I believe it's Orand. Orand of the sports. A media writer, yeah. Of the Sports Business Journal reported uh, that Manning won't be uh, joining Romo in these ranks. Here's a quote from. Oh, Rand, I haven't actually talked to Peyton about well, it's quite a qualifier <laughs> about this, but people who are close. Hey, listen, it is. April That's like 5th. my report from Sydney's back office singing scenario. <laughs> Wes, this is a great this is a great early April post to write because it's an interesting storyline. I call it justifying your existence on planet right. Earth. That's what kind of storyline is. But when the quote starts, I haven't actually talked to Peyton about this. What are you going to do? But people who are close to him say he has no interest in being a sports broadcaster. He has little interest in traveling every Sunday. He has little interest in going into work every Sunday to do a studio show. Uh, He wants that Elway path, which, of course, is player and then getting into football. I think uh, Elway started in, what, the AFL and then worked his way into Denver. Many years in business, too. This Yes, and then became a top executive with the Broncos. Wait a minute. Doesn't want to work on Sundays. Doesn't want to travel. Does, <laughs> the, the Elway role is about 50 times more work, more time-consuming, more stressful well, than most broadcasting well, jobs. Maybe, maybe it was I don't want to do that to go into studio show and you know say two sentences of you know banalities with, well, you know, which he did isn't with Tony. He, he, he with created Tony that method as a player. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying that may not make sense. But when you're ready to really dive back in to like dedicate your life to the sport, that seems like it would make sense that that would appeal more to Peyton Manning this, than being some honk. This news that Dan has disparaged in so many ways. <laughs> wow, <laughs> not you personally. Is is music to my ears? 
I think Peyton Manning would have been a brutal broadcaster. Oh, I, I disagree. I don't find him to be a funny human being in any way, shape, or form. And I think <laughs> I'd, I'd like to see him go be a GM somewhere. Holy uh, cow. He's not going to be doing anything because Wes just murdered him. It's a, over he for was Manning. A great Wes. quarterback and can be a good businessman. I just don't see him as a guy I want to hear from in a broadcast. Your instincts are all wrong on this, Wes, because he was, if you ask people around the league who is like the funniest guy at the Pro Bowl, who gave right. speeches. That's who I want to go to for comedy. People around a football, not, not comedy, but just somebody. <laughs> we're talking, we're talking levity and uh, a loose, a loose guy, but also knows the game. Who knows the game better than Peyton? We're all missing out, including me and my boys as teenagers. Everything would be scripted. You'd only get safe answers and safe analysis. No thanks. Hey, uh, you, you'll never forget the time that old old Peyton ordered all those drinks to that rookie's room. I'll tell you. I'll <laughs> and tell the you football what. writers thought he was hilarious. Uh. Peyton, don't listen to any of this. I don't think you have any conflicts there. <laughs> uh, finally, Amazon Prime will live stream Thursday Night Football after a brief romance with Twitter in 2016. The league's Thursday night primetime games are moving to Amazon Prime. The league announced on Wednesday. The site and the league have agreed to partner on a deal for the rights to live stream 10 Thursday Night Football games. This was first reported by the Wall Street Journal. And I think the thing that really jumps out here is the money, uh, which I'm not seeing in this NFL.com post, but it was million, substantial. 50, mil, 50 five, million. Five times more than what Twitter offered last year, what Twitter got it for last year. I think when, when I hear people say that the TV ratings are down, who cares? This is the future. And there will be a time where the NFL is getting more money from streaming services than from networks. Yep. Think about also Thursday Night Football – a reputation could not be worse than it is right now. That it, it has it has the stink on it for being bad football that nobody wants to play and everybody's tired and hurt, and they're still able to have the leverage to get this type of deal well, for these games. And it was the number two show in all of television, or it was either two or three. Sunday night football was one, and Thursday night football was two or three. So. Maybe its reputation among some football fans for the quality of play isn't great, but it's hugely successful. Right. We're comparing Thursday Night Football to other primetime football packages. So, yes, on that front, I think it's a test ground for much larger operations like this from Amazon, from Twitter potentially. I remember growing up when they when Sunday Ticket first came out and was only available at bars and restaurants. It wasn't even available initially at, at your home. But I always thought, wouldn't it be great if you had a team from out of town where you could just stream, you could buy a package of just your your team. You don't need to worry about the whole rest of the league. Yeah. And the whole league, they're getting smart about this. They're going to start to break this up and offer fans something that they cannot get right now. It has to keep being more more fan-based, more fan-focused, because it's so easy. They talked about it even with what they want to shorten the games and the commercial, because if you give the average younger viewer an extra 30 to 60 seconds to click onto their phone and get interested in something else, they're gone. So you've got to keep getting smarter, and this is another way of doing it, new platforms, new uh, new vistas. That's what's happening in the news. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. New we covered it. New platforms, please. When you end on new that, platforms, new vistas, there's nowhere else to take it. You I nailed know. it. Nailed it. Well, if you're watching this on NFL.com, we want you to not click off, but we would accept it if you did. May, you, know. you know, the <laughs> Sports Business Journal, you know, with that type of the sourcing that was used by the Sports Business Journal, oh, maybe you been, could slide into there. He has been breaking news. Job. He's done a great job for years and years, John Ireland. Yes, Don't yes. all NFL insiders quote 
or cite sources close sure. to the situation or close to the player? I'm just breaking some balls over here. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> Wait, I thought you were, you're not on the home team. No. Nah, well, John Orand is not on my team. <laughs> Taking shots at the writer. He does a nice job. Taking shots at Wes earlier. No, <laughs> see, that was a, your misunderstanding. <laughs> that was kidding. a good piece to write. Uh, but it does speak to what's I thought out we there. could all use a little Peyton Manning update in love our it. lives. I like I'm it. all in. You know I love it. Dan is right. on an island trying to wait <laughs> for a boat to come by and pick him up. It's not happening. I'm in. <laughs> and uh, and Peyton, I, I miss you, Peyton. I do. I thought he'd be in the booth by now. And that, that wit and levity and great sense of humor would have been on display. For you. I had my fill. Yeah. I, Cut he, that he, meat. He was. What, he, a, what a funny guy. He was on a Colts broadcast last year or, or two. And he was one of those guys in the booth, and this would change, but he would just get in the middle of like a three-minute long story, and you know, there's a football game going on in front of him, and you can just tell the the play-by-play guy kind of wants to cut in and like, mm-hmm. hey, there was a 20-yard gain here, and you're talking about you know, shooting, you know. Wait, you mean Peyton Manning shoot- wants to be in control of the football <laughs> game? Hmm. <laughs> talking about duck hunting down in the bayou or something. What? I don't know. <laughs> so he's not. I think you're messing up. You're mixing it up with Duck Dynasty. Uh, all right. Let's move on. And let's circle back now uh, to one of our favorite games that we play bef- b- before tentpole moments of the NFL season. Uh, go get my lunch, ya bozos. Let's see how we did. <laughs> let's see. It's quite a graphic. Why is Wes's – see, we're breaking the rule. We're not going to talk about what's in the studio if you can't hear – if you can't know what we're doing on the audio. But for some reason, the go in the graphic is Wes's head. We'll tweet this out. Oh, yeah. I guess because I'm bald, I look more yeah. like an O than you guys. Uh, well, what, yeah, Wes looks most like a plate of, of the four of us. <laughs> Shouldn't you at least have your mouth open, though, so you could have the O with the circle in the middle? I don't I know. I think it's that entire head we weren't going to do this. Yeah. I didn't sit we're down for it. this. Apologies, audio audience. Maybe you were in this graphic, Wes, in that way uh, because you did have a rough free agency period. I did. You did. Oh, really? So let's go through it. And stop doing that, Greg. You're always looking on my monitor. Just wait. Just everybody <laughs> this, else is, is- this is a free and public website. I can, <laughs> go ahead. I can put it Just up go myself. Pull it up on your own. Just wanted to save some time. I don't like when you I love over. that pet peeve of Dan's because it's happened probably three times. He does this time. all the time, and he's like, Sometimes he, he willfully tries to, like, ruin, like, a surprise by seeing what it is first. And it's like, what are you doing over here? <laughs> Willful surprise ruiner. <laughs> all right, Chris, you – all right, do we want to – how do we want to do this? Sid, should we flash the standings just so, for the people watching? These aren't even accurate. All right, yeah, here we go. Greg, just – we'll get <laughs> to it. Calm down. <laughs> crazy. Goodness gracious. Oh, wow. I got – All right, Gre- Wes. Got Wes, you went two and seven. Uh, wow. And uh, let's let's go through it. Most guaranteed money, you had A.J. Bowie, and that did not work out. I think Stephon Gilmore was the winner. Is that correct, Greg? He was, but I haven't gotten my sandwiches for it. Okay, we're, we'll work through it. We'll work through it. We'll Stephon Gilmore is, is, did get the most guaranteed Someone money, came yeah. very, very close, correct? There was someone else out there uh, that was right. I think Gilmore got what, like $41 million or something? Someone late in the game, you're yes. right. I'm trying – Oh, was it was it a defensive lineman? I believe. Well, this is Brandon not, Williams. This is great, great podcast. It was it was Brandon Williams. I think I got a lot. He's up in that in that world. I Some think you're right. Great. I yes. think you're right. Wes. All right. So anyway, uh, uh, AJ did not get it. Next up, Wes, you had Calais Campbell will sign with the Broncos. By the way, uh, all of us took you on that. Connor, Dan, Greg, and Mark. Connor By the way, Sydney 
I was not here, remember. Sydney did everything for me. Yes, and yeah. we will get to that. That almost happened. Uh, Calais Cam- Campbell went and visited Denver, and I thought I had it. You should have had Calais Campbell will visit the Broncos. That would have mm. gotten you a sandwich. I don't know if it had the same cachet. The Saints won't get first-round value for Brandon Cooks. Mm. Now, Mark, Sydney, and your steed took Wes on that. And that was part of the hook for Mark here. On a horse? <laughs> yes, he. <laughs> maybe I didn't use the right word there. Um, uh, Sydney took everything for Mark. I asked her to, so yeah. it, she was not what a great strategy. Not acting out, and we'll you know. see how it played out. Uh, but in this case, it did work out because you got a sandwich there. And then the team that signs Adrian Peterson, you have the Raiders, and that's the only thing really withstanding here. And uh, we don't know what's going to happen, but it probably won't be the Raiders. But that one holds for now. Two and seven. Up next, Mark Sessler. Mark Sessler, what do we have, Sid? Because I think the board you sent me, it said seven and four, did Marco? Yeah, seven and four. Seven and four for Mark. Uh, we'll start with, uh, for Mark, uh, seven and four. Terrell Pryor, Kevin Zeitler, and Dante Hightower will change teams but stay in their respective divisions. Always tricky with these when you get hyper-specific with the That players. was a ridiculous uh, job by <laughs> me. One of the names, that is true, Kevin Zeitler did. Right. And the Jets went hard after Hightower, but that didn't work out. Uh, but he did get some cupcakes. You lost out. three there. Lost three sandwiches. Bra- Browns do not re-sign Terrell Pryor. That's a win. That's a win. Nice job, Mark Thanks. Job. Sydney. Thanks for the sound effect. Yeah, that's uh, – And, and I, uh, I didn't take you up on that, but Connor and Wes did. Uh, so you get two sandwiches there. Uh, teams that – Team that signs Adrian Peterson also had the Raiders. And then this one is going to probably not happen, but who knows? Most hmm. guaranteed money. Ah. Jimmy Garoppolo after a sign it's, and trade. That's not over yet. Well, that's not over yet. That yeah. makes sense. That's why I, I have not collected on Stefan Gilmore your four sandwiches. We, we and also, it's going to happen. No one took me up on that, apparently. So we Well, that's just we all, we all have to put a oh, name out you. there. Okay. Has to happen by the draft, I believe. Yep. Uh, up next, Greg Rose. So, Mark, it came out well for you uh, going the strategy of throwing yours out there but then being hyper-aggressive in taking wagers. Yes, it did. Is that something you plan to do in the future? Well, I'll just I, – I probably won't attend the sandwich episodes <laughs> and just have Sydney do it for me. Well, it worked last time. All right, next up, Greg Rosenthal, who went fi- 500 according to the board here, 4-4, four and four, and uh, let's see what – uh, Greg has Stefan Gilmore gets more money than AJ Bouye. Wait, that's right. But that's right. See, it, it marks it wrong online. Nick Fortier oh, has Nick. that wrong. Oh, I was going off. Oh, Nikki. Yep. Flip those standings yeah. around. We got a new leader. Oh, calm down, Greg. Let's calm down there. Well, you're not undefeated like someone else. Well, uh, I'm just saying overall standings. Wow. Uh, yeah. But Gilmore got more money, right? Yeah. Because we, we kind of. We said it was gu- guaranteed money. It was kind of what we came down on, right? Could we give a sad, you know, trombone to Sydney right about now? <laughs> that, that was necessary. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, Sid. Uh, Greg, the team that signs Adrian Peterson, well, he they've already announced he's not. So you're actually not being credited with an L on this I one. I should get a loss. Big L. L there. I guess you never know, though. In a, big, big in a L. crazy world. A huge L. Let's face it. He gone. Pepper spray. Let's face it. Yeah. That's an L. Uh, most guaranteed money, Stefan Gilmore. That looks like a win. We'll see. And then the Bears, we'll see, though. The Bears spend the most money in free agency. 
Uh, that's not going to be right. That's not. They haven't given me the four L's yet, but they, I'm going to get them. Four L's. Four L's. That's a tough. Yikes. Who it, who has spent the most money? It'll even yeah. out though. Gilmore will be four wins. Well, uh, I mean, it's got to be. If it's not the Niners, it could be potentially the Rams had some crazy. Yeah, it, no one has totally uh, stood out. We'll have to get research yeah. to help us out there. Bills signed two fullbacks. That was pricey. That's yeah, a lot of fullbacks. A lot of fullbacks. Let's move on to the old Zeuser, uh, who started out here with Brandon Marshall signs with the Giants, and that was the big score for me. You, if you hit one on those, you're in good shape for the entire round. And I got uh, the old Grand Slam sandwich, as we talked about. I had AP to the Raiders. That's probably not going to happen, but we don't know yet. Most guaranteed money. I had this one wrong. Dr. Hightower, uh, he did not stay on the market, perhaps. as uh, uh, He stayed on the market longer than I realized. I thought he would be a, higher, a hotter property, but he wasn't. And then I had Tony Romo signs with the Broncos, and that that's going to cost me. Uh, I think Nick Fortier may be on vacation because some of these need – he does a wonderful <laughs> job with this, but – he has, Nick, he has you I mean, listed as six and zero. Oh. Yeah, that is I'm not actually, accurate. I think I'm six and four actually, and I think uh, uh, Nick is uh, a bad a bad day for Nick because he does such a good job with the board. But how was he to know that we were going to check in on the segment? Maybe we could have given him a heads up. That, you know, listen, kind of buried we, him in a big. We spot don't here. tell Mr. F what's happening in his <laughs> life. We don't tell Nick. By the way, they're both getting paid the, the same amount of money by us, which is zero. <laughs> uh, moving on, Connor Orr, his first full round of Go Get My Lunch. Uh, let's see what we got here. Most guaranteed money, A.J. Bouye. That's wrong. Team that signs Adrian Peterson, the Bucks. Don't know about that. Mike Lennon will not go to a team entrenched as a starter. That's a loss. Greg and Mark both get sandwiches there. And uh, Darrell, Darrell Rivas signs a multi-year contract. That is still hanging in the air. Uh, Rivas doesn't have a job, so we'll see what happens there. And then <laughs> danger. Finally, my brother, Kevin Danger Hansis, uh, got into the mix, said that Tony Romo would play for the Bengals in 2017. <laughs> Big old L for Danger. Sydney, why did you not put me on that prop? That's an excellent question. She put, she disobeyed my order. I yeah, I, it was a different day. It was a different I, day. Yeah, I think it was. That's they, what it was. We tried to get oh, in. Oh, you're on right. That. He was here, and I think I actually agreed that he probably would go to the Bengals. So <laughs> no, no, I might explain it. I think we all tried to, you know, just steal sandwiches from him, and he wouldn't allow it. Only Dan. Oh, he only took it from me. So he was, I'll never <laughs> see that sandwich. I can guarantee you. Uh, and now let's let's take a look at the overall standings right now. As, as where where do we stand right now? It's just mostly just to stick it to Greg a little bit. Well, but we just established that it's totally wrong. No, show all right. Show show the standings from that round, which are accurate. No. Not not Fortier's. Sydney's are. Y- yeah, these are updated. Yeah. No, Sydney's isn't remotely accurate. Let's see, Sydney. Show the standings that you have. There we go. This is accurate. Mark seven and four. I was six and four. Greg five hundred. Connor two and four. West two and seven. Those are those are accurate, Greg. No, they're not. I What's have up? At least I have at least more than that. You have yeah, at least more than it that? It doesn't matter. It's, it's not it a It doesn't matter. I know, that checks out yeah. for me. <laughs> making, a, making a bad podcast. Good job, Sid. I'm trying to be accurate. Um, all right. There anyway. are no repercussions anymore for losing since we stopped uh, ordering sandwiches. But I think, it's, I it's think we should bring it back. It's like you're Blake Bortles and you can spend the whole offseason doing whatever you want and there's no repercussions is, for ruining the Jaguars. This season. entire segment is really fitting in well with this post truth um, world we're living in. Like the standings are basically just met, made up all sorts. Of all Greg, I know is Greg's I'm in suddenly first place. struggling, That's so he's out on yeah. the segment. Yeah, this is classic <laughs> Greg. 
Segment uh, killer. You are not in first place. You know that, though, right? Are you willing to admit that? He's not going to admit that. No, he can't do it. <laughs> this eats him up so much. I love it. You're dying right now. I, I'm i just trying to <laughs> I don't think you're even point out place. that all these standings are totally off. Even Sydney will admit she was Poor trusting guy. Nick Fortier there. He's got it. He's it got it. Greg, if we try to get in touch with Greg tonight, it'll be, it'll be driving through a desert. Like, Greg, are your windows down? <laughs> it's that city on the horizon. <laughs> All right. So there you go. Go get my lunch. There's the update. Um, let's move on to uh, let's talk about it now, Wes. First of all, do you want to share your little thoughts on or your big thoughts, I could say, on narratives. What's your narrative angle? You want to talk about that as we talk about buy, sell, hold on off-season narratives? Well, I'm, and I, I don't know what a narrative is. Okay. Before Peyton Manning told somebody, I'm not, I don't believe your narrative or whatever it was a few years ago, a narrative meant storytelling from one point of view. He's like, okay, you're going to control somebody, you're going to lead them along, and the reader wants to know what happens next. What narrative i think be- what what people think it is now it's a an opinion widely held by people and especially susceptible to snark that's what a narrative is now. yep but I, that's I, not I like really that. what a narrative is it, it, I, narrative is not an opinion but that's the way people use it now so i kind of struggled to know like what people mean when they say what's an off-season narrative so it, it's kind of like fair. a story, a story I, I i think everything you're saying is is a good point but I think it's essentially like a story that that you're right. Many people are telling themselves or telling uh, the people that listen to them. You know, if they're members of the we're media, we're kind of selling you this, and yeah. you're either buying like, it or you're not. You so it's everything that ever gets said in the offseason. No, I think it's like convent. It's a, it's almost a shorthand, and this isn't maybe the right way to use the word, but it's a shorthand for conventional wisdom. I miss the words conventional wisdom. Let's bring right. it back. Conventional messaging, because I don't know if it's wisdom. So we're what we're going to do here now is we're going to throw out some conventional wisdom messaging. around the league. Messaging. Uh, and we're not here to boil the ocean, <laughs> gentlemen. Uh, but what we want to do, that's one of the corpo buzzwords that <laughs> yeah, it is. popped up recently uh, that we made note of. Uh, and uh, buy, sell, or hold on these things that are happening. And, Mark, why don't you get us going? Uh, throw one out there and let us know if you're buy. Buying, you're selling, you're holding. All right. I'll say first that I love our corporation <laughs> and I love our sponsors. That's a, uh, that's a narrative. Let's try it. I think there's a lot of narrative type stuff. I'm with Wes. I have no idea what a narrative is. It was I struggled to come up with these, but here we go. There's a lot of narrative-y type stuff around Jay Cutler. He's Way gonna to do John this. O'Ron He's that. Gonna, there you go. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. So according to many, Jay Cutler is done with football. He's happy to simply show his butt to people on Seaside Cliffs now, mm. and that's the extent of it. Do we buy it? Done? Out? Gone? There you I'm go. S- I'm selling that. Uh, Wait, what do you, where do you come down? I believe that Jay Cutler likes to enjoy his offseason the way that I would like to enjoy mine. Okay. He has the ability to, and he's out on vacation, <laughs> standing over a fence naked with his hot wife. So that's what you would like to do. I would love to be just out wherever he is on this tropical vacation. And when football comes back around. I feel like you'd be solo, you, though. 
then you do. I am a married person. I would bring my my spouse with me, Greg. But he, when he has to get pulled into the life of football, and then all the bullets start flying, quarterbacks go down, and suddenly Jay Cutler, his stock starts rising, his contract value starts rising. He's had a big long break. He hasn't had to go through the rigmarole of march through whatever. Yes, I think he's going to be back in. So I'm not buying the. You're idea. selling. I'm selling it. Selling hard. He's coming back. He's playing next season in my book. I agree. Once the offseason starts in March and April and May, all NFL executives overvalue draft picks and undervalue veterans who can play. And by the time training camp rolls around, they start to value veterans again because the coaches become more of the process. And I think at that point, once you see an injury to a quarterback, Jay Cutler is going to have his phone ringing. Perfectly said. All right, Wes, your turn. Buy, sell, hold. All 32 teams are colluding to blackball the 32nd-best oh. quarterback in the NFL. Well, we know where you're, what you're doing, but you should tell us. I'm selling the hell out of that one. Yeah, you've been selling that. You're selling that up hard. And down. You're selling real hard. What do you guys think? I'm selling because it's the it's same thing with Cutler. It, it's the next guy down that list. If you really get into a position where you need a quarterback – Forget all this business. Whatever you think about Colin Kaepernick, you get it. You you have to sign him. It's gonna be. It's a need situation. I'm selling. Not only would they never collude, the it's just timing. I think he's gonna be on a team. I'm holding. <laughs> I think he might be getting blackballed. Also, it doesn't help his cause that he he hasn't been a very good quarterback. By all 32 teams, though. All 32 teams, probably not. But. Well, yeah, but there'd some only teams be a are handful, outright not interested right, at Right, there'd only be a handful that could even make sense. I mean, right. that's not how the word blackball works. Right. I don't think the NFL I'm in holding. general does things as a whole. It is truly 32 independent operations. Exactly. I don't think they're all on a conference call saying, this player doesn't get signed by any of us, and they all say yes. I'm holding. <laughs> all right. Well, we try to convince you. Just an opinion. Just an opinion. It's it's a it's an ugly situation with Colin Kaepernick. Uh, I'll throw one out there. The Texans will be aggressive in targeting a quarterback after the Tony Romo news. Now, obviously, they're going to go get a quarterback. I'm buying on that. But I will even take it a step further. They're going to be hyper aggressive. Mm -hmm. They are going to go nuts. They're going to do something kind of really on the a surfacey type move, which is trading way up in the first round, I think, to get a quarterback. And I'll even throw a team out there, a, tier, a team you know, Wes, is near and dear to my heart, the Jets with the fifth pick, a Jets team looking wow. looking for more Whoa. draft picks uh, and a, a Jets team that's not necessarily looking for a quarterback that early. I could see the Texans trading way up in the first round and getting the quarterback that they mm. need to convince is their guy because it ain't Tom Savage. I know that. Tom I'm Savage buying that this is real. wish fulfillment. For Dan and the rest of the Jets fans out there. <laughs> I mean, Rick Smith. <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be the Jets, but I'm saying that they're yeah. aggressively and they trade up to get one of these, like, top three quarterbacks. Rick, like a Mitch, Mitch Trubisky Rick type. Rick Smith hasn't drafted a quarterback in the top three rounds for 11 years. He's I don't do. know. I don't know if he's going to be trading up in a draft where people generally think there could be many of the top quarterbacks available at pick 25, possibly all of them. Right. You, you're at, you're or none. I'm with you, Greg. You're talking about going from 25 up to potentially six or somewhere in that area. That is extremely expensive. The one visit that they've had that is interesting is Patrick Mahomes. That's a Bill O'Brien type of quarterback, potentially. A lot of people feel like he could fade into the second round even. That A lot of these guys are going to be there when they pick. So if it's a trade-up, I could see it being you're going to hopscotch 
a team like the Giants maybe that is looking for a post-Eli type quarterback or one of these teams a couple slots up? I don't see going all what the about, way up to five or six. What about getting in front of the Browns at 12? That could happen they could, I, if they really well, fall in love with the guy. Or, or trade, oh, trade with the Browns. The trade with the Browns. I don't, they, the, the, they the already Texans, gave up their second-round pick to get rid of their last quarterback fiasco. Well, that's fair. But they, could, they gave away next year. I mean, you, you, you can talk about trading future draft picks. Maybe Cleveland would trade with Houston. Here's another follow-up question to something you said. What is a Bill O'Brien quarterback? Well, I think we've waited to find out if from the draft what know. that is. <laughs> yeah, like what? I is will it? put this. Like, I think it's more Jay. Probably around it's the forty-second best well, quarterback in the NFL. It's more Jay Cutler than it would be Colin Kaepernick. Hmm. I guess. I think Jay Cutler really doesn't fit just because I think he wants someone that you know is known for reading coverages and it can like figure. Out, he puts a lot on their plate. It well, that's not like, Colin Kaepernick, and it's either, not Jay so. Cutler necessarily either. I think that sounds like they they short circuited Brock Osweiler. Mm. I'm buying this for one very simple reason, because you have to ask yourself, what is the most reactive move possible? Oh. That's what I mean. In the wake of Tony Romo, because the Texans are always reacting to something at quarterback, and now they're going to be reacting to not getting to- Tony Romo, so they're going to be aggressive. Was there a more reactive move than, move than Brian Hoyer crapping the bed in the playoffs and then giving $72 million contract to Brock Osweiler? I think yeah, without meeting locked in. That had the owners sign on. We have to, I think in that organization specifically, where the owner is at dictates so much about what they do. How come no one is talking about the fact that there's another professional athlete named Pat Mahomes? His father? I mean, Pat Mahomes. The pitcher, starting the, pitcher. The that pitcher. was his father. For the Twins? Is it really? Yeah. I mean, that made me giggle as a child over and over that just the, that the name Pat Mahomes That's his existed, father. and now it's back. Wait, Latroy, why? Latroy Hawkins is his stepfather. Like a, you know the old 20-year yeah. veteran reliever? Latroy Hawkins, Hawkins is his yeah, stepfather. Really? Wow. Yeah. Lineage. That's a great That's a great uh, bullpen he's got as mm, yeah. that in his – Daniel Jeremiah is like, oh, my God. All right. I'm gonna, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, my narrative is going to be – the Atlanta Falcons will have a Super Bowl hangover. And I'm going to hold on that because I don't know how to feel about this. I think Dan Quinn is uniquely geared and built to fire up this team and get past it, that he's, he's just the right attitude. And I think he's so positive in the energy. And I think they've got a young defense that's coming together that side of the ball should get better. So there are logical reasons why that they wouldn't have a Super Bowl hangover. But, man, that, that is as bad a loss as you'll ever see. Uh, it's hard enough to just you know bounce back like we saw with the Panthers and repeat a magical season like that, and you lost Kyle Shanahan. So I am totally on the fence. I don't know what to think about this Falcons team, but I think just writing them off like they're not you know uh, an elite, quote-unquote, team – uh, discredits a little bit what they accomplished on offense. They should have won that Super Bowl. It was one of the best offenses we've seen in a long time, and they should be. We should be talking about them as Super Bowl champions. It didn't happen, so I don't know what's going to happen what, with this team. What, I'm holding. What does hangover mean? Like six and ten area? No, not making the playoffs. I, I think anything short of the playoffs is a hangover. If you make the playoffs, I don't think you can say it, it's a hangover. I think the this those special like record breaking. Offensive seasons, when they come come around, they usually don't get followed up with another one. And I think everything worked, and you had Kyle Shanahan. And I hate I hate to say it because I feel bad for Falcons fans. I mean, it was the Patriots of all teams that took it from them also. But 
I do get – I kind of buy that that was the window, and that was – They'll never be as good as that in offense, and Matt Ryan will never be that good again, and he might be very good, but that was their season, and they just didn't finish. And I, it's, poss- it's very possible to me that they won't get back, and there will be a hangover. Here's what I like about this team. Last year's draft, so many of those players that they drafted yep. correctly, that they developed them quickly and well, and they all contributed to a team that went as far as you can go outside of one bad quarter, one bad half. I think they're going to continue to do that. They have a good front office. Dan Quinn has gone out of his way to talk to other coaches in other sports that suffered similar total crumblings in the big in a big spot. And I think the teams, athletes today, are trained to move on. The fans, we can't move on from it, but a lot of these guys can. And it's a new day starting next season. I don't think it's a whole. I don't see a hangover. I'm selling. I'm so confused by the concept of narrative. I had no idea this was even out there in the football like discussion. It's all anyone talks to Dan Quinn about. Every single football publication has had like a feature about the Super Bowl hangover already. I mean, they lost Kyle Shanahan, so it's easy for me to believe that they're not going to be as good. I don't know about this specific Super Bowl hangover word, but yeah, I don't think they're going to be as good because they lost Kyle Shanahan. It reminds me of when Pete Carroll was asked 4,500 times about throwing the pass instead of running the ball in the Super Bowl, and that wasn't the end of the Seahawks. I think that, But the, have they come nearly as close since? I no, wouldn't but say they, they've had a hangover. They've they, been in the divisional round both years since. So right. if, if the Falcons get, get back and get back in position, you know, then I think they're doing their job. What more can you ask for out of an NFL team? It's tough right. to stay Hangover is top. kind of a nebulous term, but... He the said idea. not making playoffs. I yeah, think I'm yeah. saying if – look, the Falcons didn't come that close to the playoffs for three straight years until last year. If they can establish themselves as a team that's in the playoffs, in the mix each and every year, I think I think they'd be happy. Hey, time now. It's time now. Is that it for the narratives? Maybe we'll have one more after this. But time now for draft facts driven by Hyundai. You know, they they gave us this this read to do and it was everyone in the media group has to do draft facts. Eh, we're not really draft guys. But right. I was told Sydney said, do your best. We didn't even know that Pat Mahomes. We could come up Patrick with a draft Mahomes fact father. of our own. Well, there's a draft fact. Patrick, Pat oh, Mahomes okay. is Patrick Mahomes father. <laughs> That's a good that one. Pretty good. I got another one. OK, you're going to get two. Dra- hey, Hyundai. What a, what a better bond than the one that you have with us, because we're giving you two draft facts. We're giving you a lot. What are you giving us? Here we go. I'm looking for a car this summer. Just putting that out there again. Here's a draft fact. Elton Patterson, defensive end, Central Florida, selected by the Cincinnati Bengals with a 259th pick overall in the seventh round of the 2003 NFL Draft. He finished with one career sack in eight games spent with Cincinnati and Jacksonville. There you go. That was draft facts driven by Hyundai. Elton. How many Eltons have there been in the NFL? I don't know, but we have time for one more, Greg, and you seem to be Elton Brand, Elton at the John. Bit. Well, considering he only had NFL, eight, eight career tackles, it's pretty good that he got a sack. At least he had hey, that. The guy can get in the back. Impact player. The guy's got a motor for days. <laughs> Wherever he is now. Do you got one more? Or do you want to get out of here? Buy, sell, hold. Oh, it's up. It's up to you. You know, is it a good one. You're leading the way. Is it a good one? Be confident. Say it is. It's good. All right, let's do it. Last one. Wes has been peddling this car. You know, the Super Bowl window is closing 
for the Cardinals. There's a narrative for you. And That's I'm, a narrative? I thought it was I'm just one man's it. opinion. I'm selling it. Story I don't believe I'm in, so confused I don't believe in. I don't believe in windows generally anyways. <laughs> Super Bowl windows opening and closing, but I definitely don't believe it with this Cardinals Why don't team. you believe in Super Bowl windows opening and closing? That's a weird belief to hold. Because I don't, I don't think a window connotates like many years. It's either it's open or it's closed. Do they have a chance to win this year? Yes, I think they do. I don't think they're that much different overall than they were going into last year or, or even the year before that. And I think if everything fell right for them, yes, they can be a contender. This is one area where you and I will always differ because, and, and it potentially to your credit, you look at the league and you feel like anything can happen. Any team can wind up at the playoffs. Well, we, and I And I feel that four or five teams tops right. have a chance at the Super Bowl. But and, right. I, and I will not But we would have never that. considered the Falcons as one of those teams. And there was... All right, so then the fifth team is a wild... Fifth or sixth team is a Fine. wild card team sure. we're not considering. But we were indignant a year ago about considering, like, the Panthers or the Cardinals could could not even make the playoffs. Counterpoint. And yet, they, you they were totally indignant fell. when we said that the Patriots are going to absolutely go back to the Super Bowl. I, I would yeah. just say this. That, that it was some guarantee. There sure. is... It, the, the Cardinals thing does not come out of thin air. You've lost a ton of defensive talent. You're yeah. hoping that your quarterback suddenly resurges. You know, we talk about teams where everything went right. The year before for the Cardinals, up until the NFC yeah. title game, everything was going right. They were essentially the Falcons of last year, the year before, up until things the wheels fell off. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl. The team has a huge amount of pressure on them to nail this draft, to even get a roster in shape even to compare with last year's or the years before. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl. I just think they, well, they that are means one of the Super teams Bowl that has a chance. Then. Well, that's just – of course I don't think they're going. You, only one team is going. They have and a chance. And their window has though. shut. How about they have this, a chance. This narrative you're spinning that their roster is the same as it was – like it's equally as strong as it was going into no. last season. They're worse at quarterback. They're worse in the wide receiver core. They're worse on the defensive I think they'll line. be better at wide They're worse at linebacker. Year. They're worse in the secondary. They're based around one player. I think they'll be better at wide receiver for sure. I think they can get better play out of their line. I I don't think like their offensive line's worse. Why? But they lost Evan Mathis. He's not there anymore. Uh, Jared Valdir's coming off an injury. I mean, who's who's better than they were last? They're moving Valdir to right tackle. It sounds like. (laughs) Oh, so you're gonna put DJ Humphrey and I'm just saying. Print print the playoff tickets. I don't understand how you look at that. I don't think. I don't think they're better. I just. I'm sure you wanted to bring this one up. There's one of many teams that that have a chance. I'm not buying. Somehow close. I'm holding. I'm holding. Let's see what they do in the draft because two years ago they got the best player in the league basically, and and everybody was flying high about Kimebomb, and then he kind of. He didn't, he didn't do so well in the last draft. If he has a great draft and he's, and some of these guys bounce back, maybe Honey Badger is, uh, gets healthier, Carson Palmer plays right. like he did in the last half of the season. That's a big And a couple of other things uh, come together. Well, you know, it's not like the NFC is is uh, has these giants that – it's not like in the AFC with the Patriots and you're like, Jesus, we we are really looking up at a monster. NFC is a little wide I, open. The NFC is a little tougher to get into the playoffs in general. The one thing they have yeah. going for them is that the NFC West is not what it was a couple you, of years You're ago. right. I'm counting on games. a lot of their guys having better seasons than they did a year ago, like Carson Palmer, like Tyron Matthew, like John Brown uh, – Frankly, like like Bruce Arians, right? I, he, Bruce Arians to me, and I love Bruce Arians. We I, all do. He seemed a little bit out of it last year. I don't know what it was. It wasn't the same guy. They're also in the playoffs last year. If their kicker was decent, right? So there, it wasn't like they had they were a, a train wreck last season. Just a couple things just their didn't kicker click for killed them. them last year. There was some Destroyed hubris. Them. 
Yeah. There was some hubris from Bruce Arians. Brandon Williams can be my starting cornerback. Right. Got torched early in the season. DJ Humphreys can be my starting right tackle. Got torched early in the season. All right. Before we go, we promised after the stunning, and it was stunning to us too, even though it shouldn't have been, we lost track of the days and the weeks and the months. Uh, the stunning uh, acknowledgement that there are new sponsors with the podcast, and what did that mean? It was, it was. Let's be honest, it was kind of like a, a Tony Romo, Phil Sims scenario, uh, <laughs> with the great Mister Flame playing how, the role of Phil Sims. How dare you compare Mister Flame? I'm just to connecting Phil Sims. it. I'm connecting it to current events. Uh, <laughs> but the difference is, this podcast is a class act, and we could not say goodbye to, to Mr. F as a sponsor without speaking to him about it formally, see where his head's at, see if he's okay with what's going on uh, with our new uh, relationships, corpo relationships. So let's bring him on the line now. You know where he's coming from. You know where he's coming from. The Hague, the Netherlands, Mr. Flame Mr. F. of his famed economics class. Welcome back to the Around the NFL podcast, Mr. Flame. Thanks, Dan. Hi, heroes. Hi, Mr. Flame. What up? You know, Hi guys. now I want just be totally honest with us here, uh, Mr. F. How surprised were you when, let's call it the the Hyundai bomb dropped? <laughs> well, um, it was a little it was a little surprising. I, it was unfortunately a bad evening. I watched my Gonzaga Bulldogs lose to oh. UNC, and uh, the sponsorship news came in on the same night. So brutal. Yeah, maybe uh, blindsided. In the middle of the night, a little, uh, little uh, blindsided, but uh, not unexpected. Honestly, from all, everything we've talked about all year, was just what's the next best thing for the podcast, and I think that uh, two sponsors is a really, really good deal for you. Well, you are an ec- economics man, as we know, and uh, yeah, in, in terms of of the economics of it, I guess for the NFL, it made sense, uh, Mister Flame was so kind to us but paid us mostly in, in things like sandwiches and uh, warm regards, uh, whereas these other companies are now coming with a whole, cold, hard cash. So I, I guess I'll say this. As an economics man, even if you're a little disappointed, it makes sense. It makes dollars. It makes sense, right? Oh, oh totally. And, and, and also think about your <laughs> the, the fits for all of the previous bits about the P-scale. I mean, mm. come on. you got an underwear oh. company in Culver City. It doesn't get any better. That's true. That's a very good point uh, by the great Mr. Flame. Don't I mean, you think, th- go ahead, Greg. I was going to say, don't you think it also makes sense, you know, Mr. Flame, if, if we're as classy as Dan just called us, that maybe we would have told you at some point in between <laughs> taping the podcast and when you listen to it yourself. So I apologize for that. that that's my own fault. Oh, no, don't worry. You, you guys are super busy and – Hey, the off season's time for uh, for odd shows. When's the uh, you know the, the classic uh, religion podcast and the oh, philosophy yeah. podcast and the novel podcast? It's going to be great. It's all coming up. I mean, you have a class that you've up. been teaching about this interaction with us and sponsorship. The final chapter feels a little grim. It's essentially a <laughs> lesson on greed and corporate malfeasance, and basically taking the four of us. At one point, we were getting great gifts from you. Now we are getting essentially nothing. Our comp- our company is being rewarded. I don't. What would you? How would you explain this to a, a group of young teenagers in the Hague, the Netherlands? Well, in terms of economics, it makes a lot of sense for the corporation. But I also think that there's an opportunity here for you guys. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to find a way to uh, to make sure that these sponsors recognize that the heroes need a, a little cut of the pie. And uh, would you, you know, like to represent us? 
I think I need to. I mean, it's clear Sydney's already got one of the brand new Santa Fe's for the 2018 series. <laughs> <laughs> new, new money, new car. And uh, MeUndies has already convinced Mark to go back to underwear. So this is the perfect <laughs> springtime for you guys. Think, yeah. You know what? That's Mr. S positivity has always been such an amazing thing. And, and it's leaving us feeling better about how this has played out because it was ultimately it was another win for the big boxes over the little guy. But it just shows the conquering spirit of uh, a Mr. F type not to say, hey, let's look at the positive. Look at the, look at the upside. I don't want to look yeah. at it that way. I have <laughs> I've said several times that, that Mr. F as our sponsor is my favorite portion in the history of this podcast i loved everything about it mr f did your sponsorship of us did it live up to your expectations Mm. (laughs) oh it exceeded it in so many ways you can't believe how many fans um have reached out to me just to say that um the thanks that i'm sending you reflect the thanks Mm. that we all feel you know listening for so many years to your great show It, it makes us laugh out loud and and they have told me um, to tell you just you know how great a show it is, and that and that that's um, why you know why we listen, and and that has been a really unusual or surprising thing out of this. I thought it was just you know kind of a one-off six months ago. I just sort of said. <laughs> now we like to run these bits into the ground. <laughs> um, all right, at Mike Flame One, by the way, on Twitter, and I, it would be, I think, also it would be foolish not to, uh, to, to leave you here without giving. And we talked about this earlier in the week, Mark and Mister Flame. It's become a real friendship. So we're going to leave the two of you a private moment now to share your thoughts about each other. Go ahead. <laughs> well, it doesn't feel very private. I have three people right around me. Listen, I think Mister F, the bottom bullet point, said an all-around great guy, and that's what he is. I mean, he came in. And maybe if it had been a different type of personality, we would have said one week of a sponsorship is enough. But he didn't lure us in. I think right. he, he really showed us that he got what our podcast was about. Say you, yeah. though. Speak to Mr. Flame. I, this is, Dan is a master of creating ultra-awkward moments in my life, and this is another one of them. Uh, but, Mr. Another. F, you are a friend of mine. You're a friend. You're a good man. Mark is Definitely. blessing right now. Definitely. <laughs> Your well, turn, Mr. F. experience for me, too. I've uh, really, really enjoyed uh, the bit, the extended bit, for sure. It's been fantastic. Thanks so much. But, but could you make it a little more personal for Mark? <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a soundtrack and three people watching on my end. That's right. <laughs> um, That's fair. All right. Excellent. And, you know, uh, let's stay in touch because you never know. The, the corporal overlords, uh, they may decide it doesn't work out. And if you would have us back down the line, we, we, don't, we want to leave it 1% open. You know, 99% probably this is over, 1%. That sounds great. I like that plan. <laughs> Who knows? Your softball team may need a, a sandwich run. Oh. oh, there you go. Mr. Right. F, Mike Flame, economics class in The Hague, the Netherlands. If you're ever there, oh, my God, go sign up for that class and learn how economics work and also a little bit about life. A lot about life. Make the pilgrimage. There you I go. say you do it, and you say hello. The mecca of economics. Can you sign up for a high school class? <laughs> I don't think you can just go into a high school class. Well, that that was the advertisement on our podcast for the last you know five six months. No, try it out. <laughs> See where that takes you. Uh, I I think we're gonna meet Mr. Flame before our lives are are through. I. And I'll bring up this conversation at that time. I think we are going to see him. I don't know where it's going to be. I 
I hope it's in the Netherlands. We are going to meet Mr. Flame. I'm on board with this theory. All right. Well, you, you never know. We'll see. But we got to go now. It's sad to say goodbye to Mr. Flame and goodbye to our audience for another show. But here's the good news. We're still friends with Mr. Flame and we'll be back next week with a whole another show. And thank you for everybody that's watching the streaming. Uh, we're going to be doing this every Thursday uh, for the entirety of April. Is that correct, Sydney? That is correct. NFL.com Thursdays at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. Log yeah. on. That, you didn't sound very certain about that. I wasn't totally Spot certain. On. But oh, I think nailed on. it. Good job, Greg. All right, let's go. And we're getting everything's working out here. <laughs> Outside of a total injustice that's occurred with Mr. F. That's true. That's fair. But let's, just, let's paint it with a nice little brush. We got it. We got to move forward as a unit. And let's go home. This is Dan Hansa signing off for a Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, the new money behind the glass. Till Monday! You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.